I'm just gonna start recording, cause it's fun. I did a thing! We're gonna be better people by the end of this. The thing that I did! Sarah! I did a thing! Talk about it! did a thing a podcast about unremarkable people doing remarkable things i'm sarah and i'm birdie something happened if we recorded last week i think we should get into it right away birdie okay do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> I, I don't think so you you sent me a message oh <laughs> <laughs> i yeah okay so i sent sarah a message that said hi i ran two and a half miles can you pr- make a plan for me to run a half marathon in um, eight weeks? Because <laughs> I'm, she said, that's pretty aggressive. And I said, did you listen to the episode with my dad? Because that's his fault. Uh, yup. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, to be clear, um, I, I am going to help Bernie attempt to do this, but. Don't do it. Um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> you know, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I really want to. I really want to be able to do that. I ran three point four miles yesterday, and almost died. And so, I don't. I just don't know if it's physically possible or not. I'd like to see if I can get that far, but. Um. So in the time that we have, because you found a race that's on July 4th. Yeah, it's um, the only half marathon near me until, like, September or October. Um, So in the time that we have between now and then, it's possible to get to the point where you will be able to finish. Yeah, that's all I care about. Um, I mean, definitely it's going to be walking and running. That's awesome for for you to say that because I was <laughs> yeah. really worried. Like it, it, yeah. I don't, I don't think it would be safe for you to try. Um, and and in eight weeks, get from running just a couple miles up to running a, a nonstop a whole marathon, so, or I mean a half marathon. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> are there time limits? Uh, there is. I didn't. I looked at the website for the race that you mentioned uh, to see some other things, but I forgot to look at that. Okay. Because I figure I could, you know, based on my time, I am currently run walking, including the five minute warm up cool down, at about 13 minute miles. So my running part is about 11 and a half minute miles. Right. So I figured it would take what three hour, two and a half, three hours total. Yeah, I was thinking that it's probably going to take you a, a, about three hours, maybe yeah. even a little bit more than that. Okay, that's what I was figuring. But that's a really long time to run. That's stupid. I'm stupid, listeners. <laughs> what? <sighs> Here's the other thing about. My mentality regarding this is, like, that would be the extent of my running forever, maybe. <laughs> it kind of feels like this is a, a test and that I need to cram for it. And then, you know, maybe I'll take the next class or whatever, but maybe. I don't know. Well, I will tell you that I there's many a runner who said I'm gonna run this one half marathon to check it off my bucket list uh-huh. and then yeah. found themselves running their twentieth half marathon. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just take things one day one run right. at a time. Ugh. So then the second thing that I told you was I think you can do this, but you have to buy new shoes. Okay, well that's the thing I did this week. So do you want to do the thing I did? Really, you want to knock her out? Sure, let's get into it. Okay. The thing I did. The thing I did. Two things. The first one is I went to a party on 
uh, Friday night. This is not related to running at all. Um, for my roller derby, it's like end of year banquet thing. And I drank a lot, way too much, and didn't drink enough water, and was super stupid about it, and danced my butt off. It was so much fun. Uh, but I had a hangover all day on Saturday. And I haven't been hungover in a really long time. It was miserable. Don't, people, <laughs> don't drink so much. Uh, I drank all of the things. Like, somebody was like, what did you drink? Like, well, tequila and whiskey and vodka and... <laughs> Uh, shot a fireball and three beers and don't do that it's ridiculous and stupid and then you're sick for 24 hours afterward that's the first thing I did which was (laughs) not a brilliant move Uh, the second thing I did was Sarah told me that the only way she would help me run this marathon and let's be clear I don't think I can do it without her uh, is if I went and got fitted for running shoes so I did that I did that thing. Um, it was kind of a cool experience, Sarah. Uh, yeah. I went there, and they're like, hello, what kind of shoes are you looking for? I was like, ones that will help me to run better and not have sore ankles. And they asked me about brand and a couple of, like, aesthetic kind of things. I'm like, I don't really care. I'm not brand loyal. I don't know anything about what I'm doing. And so then they brought out a couple shoes for me to try and then filmed me running. So mm-hmm. they had me run on the treadmill in their store and videotaped it and then showed me like how wobbly my ankles were in my shoes, which is why my ankles hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. I um, When we talked about it last week, I kind of said, oh, well, there's not too much that we can do but I forgot that you it wasn't until we started talking about shoes that I remembered oh yeah you're running in those minimalist shoes that aren't doing anything to support your ankles right so that was another reason why I said (laughs) that you needed to get some better shoes yeah so then they they gave me a bunch of options there were some that were clearly not right for me so they were just too narrow in parts of my foot or it just felt weird and then I had narrowed it down to two choices and they had me go outside and run this whole time I'm in my work clothes so I'm in a dress <laughs> um I do wear running shorts underneath my dresses because that's just what I do to, pre- to pre- prevent chafing and right. the need for modesty um I've got time to worry about where my legs are when I'm sitting around um, but I got real sweaty because <laughs> I did quite a bit of running actually between the treadmill and the outside and, and all of that. Um, and then I couldn't decide between the last two options. So they ended up videotaping me again. And then we like scientifically analyzed which ones were more supportive for my feet. And those are the ones I bought. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but then later I talked to you about it, and mm. the one thing it sounds like they didn't talk to you about um, is typically um, people advise that you get a size larger in running shoes than what you normally wear um, because it's very common for your feet to swell while you're running, especially if you're running distances. Um, so... It sounds like that they didn't mention that to you and you just got your regular size. Well, they fit them. They're actually um, a half size smaller because the ones that were, I'm between sizes anyway, but the ones that, mm-hmm. those were too long for my feet. And mm-hmm. um, I got, there's, I don't know how to say it, Saucony? Saucony. Saucony. Um, And they have this like, meshy kind of top that's a little bit more flexible than a regular right. shoe uh-huh. is. And so um, I, that's a part of the reason why I went down a half size is because that was not fitting to my foot. It was wobbling around in there. So I think that'll help with that expansion as well. Right. And my um, when I had talked to Sarah, my uh, ball of my foot and my toes were really hurting and um, kind of painful after my – how many miles did I run that day? Three? Three miles. And I just loosened up my laces and it really helped. Oh, okay. I think Good. I was just cranking down on them too hard. 
while we were talking about uh, talking, I looked it up and um, it doesn't say when the cutoff is, but it says you have to maintain a 16 minute per mile pace. So that shouldn't be a oh, problem. I think I can do that. Yeah. Not if I'm walking the whole time, but I could, which I'm not going to do. Right. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so. So, <laughs> so there. I guess that was the, is that the end of your, your things that you did this week? That is the end of the things I did this week. What did you do, so, Sarah? So the big thing that happened with me this week that isn't uh, the thing I'm going to talk about in the challenge zone um, is that um, I, I have been trying since about January to get a different schedule at work, and that um, has finally worked out. It still isn't my ideal schedule, but I think it's going to be an improvement um, and help me uh, be able to do some things that I've been wanting to do um, that I haven't been able to because I, I'm at work. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, What's your new I'm still going to be working nights, uh, but the big difference is I'm going to have, instead of, right now I have um, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off, mm. and with this new schedule, I'm going to have Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays off. Okay, so one thrown in the middle. Right. So I'll work two days, have a day to rest, and then work another two days, and then have a weekend. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. But so, uh, for the podcast, that probably means that um, after this week, because I start that new schedule next Mm, week. So mm -hmm. after this week, um, I think the podcast will still come out on Wednesdays, but it'll be a little bit later in the day rather than um, I have been editing the podcast like late on Tuesday nights and posting it on Wednesday morning um but I will be at work so (laughs) on Tuesday night now so it um it won't be there first thing Wednesday morning but I'll try and get it up there on Wednesday still cool that's very exciting yeah I'm excited because uh one of the things I I've been wanting to do is try to start a, a running group um but the the most the time most people have to go running is either on on Saturday or Sunday mornings and I wasn't really able to do that with working all night Saturday night yeah. so um hopefully it, that'll make this a little more that this will make that a little more possible that's really exciting I'm so good for you for asking and for pursuing that because I know that it's been a long time coming yeah. Yeah, so I, my ultimate goal uh, is still to try and get on a day schedule, but um, I'm, I have to stick with this one for at least six months before I can ask for a schedule change again. So mm. we'll see how it goes. Okay. Good luck to you. Oh, I forgot to mention yeah. at the start of the podcast that we do have a guest this we week. We do. It is Joy, um, and she is an awesome cyclist who uh, works in organizing uh, cycling tours. Uh, Let's call Joy and have her tell us more about all of that. Yeah, if you're anything like me, I was like, what the hell is a cycling tour? And I asked her that, (laughs) so she's going to tell us all about it. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, my name is Joy Hancock, and I believe I'm on the podcast because uh, Sarah sent out a, I think it was on the um, the Jim Shimoda um, uh, group on Facebook, which is the, yeah, which is the spinoff of, a, of another Star Trek podcast. I'm just asking for people who had interesting stories about um, their history and uh, fitness and, and other things. So uh, so I just sent Sarah a message saying that if she needed anybody, I could be available because I have, have a, yeah, kind of a strange, quirky story about how I got involved in all this stuff. Awesome. Well, what quirky, <laughs> strange story do you have and what quirky, strange thing do you do? Okay, well... Um, I'll first start with the quirky, strange thing that I do is I'm the executive director of a nonprofit in Florida called Bike Florida, and we put on bicycle tours around the state 
with the intention of demonstrating the economic impact of bicycle touring. Um, and we also raise funds and awareness for bicycle safety and education. And Florida has a really bad rap for bicycle safety for many, many reasons. And so we, uh, yeah, we just are a little small profit. We just nonprofit. We just put on these bicycle tours and, um, and it's very stressful at times, but also kind of fun because there are times when I get to ride my bicycle for a living. And so, yeah, but, uh, you know, just talking about how I got into all this stuff, it was many years ago. Uh, well, actually throughout high school and college, I was not in any way athletically inclined and uh, I was overweight and I was a smoker in college. And, um, it, but my, my undergrad, it was in <laughs> Russian language and literature and my, yeah, this is where it gets weird. My last, <laughs> my last semester of college, I went to St. Petersburg and I finished out college there. And then I decided I wanted to live there to follow in the steps of Dostoevsky and, and uh, become a writer and, you know, and live in a cold, brooding, horrible place. <clears throat> and um, when I was there, I was uh, teaching English and doing translation. And one of the schools that I was working for suggested that over the winter holidays, I go to Finland, which, you know, to this town on the close to the border of St. or border of Russia mm -hmm. near where St. Petersburg was to teach Russian children conversational English, which they did in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they had sports classes. And it was there that I met my now husband, oh, wow. whose name is, yeah, <laughs> see, this is where it gets weird, uh, whose name is Tim, and he's from England. And he had gotten involved with that school for another convoluted way. Um, but he was super athletic, uh, very attractive, and I really liked him. But it was the, like one of the first times that I realized that, wow, I really like this guy, but we have such completely different lifestyles. We live in different countries and for whatever reason, he gave me a chance and then one thing led to another. And then I was eventually doing like marathons and I quit smoking and Ironman triathlons and we've lived in all these crazy places, but that's, yeah, that's kind of how I got involved in all of this stuff. For love. <laughs> <laughs> for crazy love. <laughs> Love. Finish love. Yeah, that's and 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 I would say another part of it too was um, for you know most of my life, and I've only come to know this the last couple of years, and I've uh, talked about this before um, on our Jim Shimoda page. But I, I think like about a year ago, I got diagnosed with um, mm -hmm. atypical bipolar and depression and anxiety, and uh, and it's actually been great to find find this out because now I understand a lot of how I, of how I've been my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. but, I, but I used like, once I discovered endurance sport, I was using that as my way of, you know, coping. Um, whereas before then had been just sleeping a lot <laughs> and smoking cigarettes and drinking a lot. Um, yeah. but, but now it became this other extreme, um, that ended up also not being the healthiest thing. So I've, uh, I recently got, um, well, it was up actually about a year and a half ago, I was running training for a, like this ultra marathon and I, um, broke a rib just running and then, yeah, and I'm, I'm only 38. And I went to a doctor and they did a DEXA scan and I have osteopenia. And it was from, you know, years of chronically overtraining and chronically under eating because also on top of this, I have major body image issues. And yeah, so, so that was a huge wake up call. And so I just, I've kind of forced myself to to stop doing as many crazy things as I used to and approach it more with fun, you know, not really doing competitions anymore and trying not to obsess as much as I normally do over food. So they like, could don't track calories anymore, even though sometimes I still do in my head, but I don't use an app. Um, and, and it's, it's a, like a daily thing 
um, that I deal with, but it, you know, so it's weird. Cause that's been, fitness has been both a blessing and a curse in my life. So do you feel yeah. like you are, or you were anorexic or you were just overly focused on training and trying to get into, uh, you know, g- keep your weight down for performance? Well, it, I said it was for performance, but, um, but I would, you know, like, for example, on days that I did not train, I would only allow myself to eat like 900 calories. And I would track that like to the, to the letter. And, um, so I, and I thought that I was being healthy because I was eating, um, but I wasn't eating very much. And I, I got down to, I was never like underweight, but I got to like right on that, you know, right on that border um, to the point where like people started saying things. And um, so, yeah, so it wasn't like I was ever like just not eating anything, but I definitely was not eating enough. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I, I assume that has to do with your bipolar, you know, symptomatic of bipolar. Yes. Disorder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the just the fixation on whatever it is that you're doing, right? Like going in very intensely with that. Yes, yes, and and just um, and also uh, with a background of being and in, involved in triathlon, and my my husband was a professional triathlete until this last year, so he's a very very gifted athlete, yeah. um, and he has a beautiful body and um, no body fat whatsoever, <laughs> and and then we would go to do these triathlons and I would see these women with these, you know, like these bodies that if you're from the outside looking in, you would think they actually don't look very healthy, but when you're in that world, it becomes your new normal. And so all I would think was I need to look like those girls and it's just an, it's unrealistic. And, and those girls, even like professional, um, uh, triathlete females are not at healthy body weights. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're doing what they're doing for performance, not for health. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I know I've read a few, um, articles recently that, um, there've been some big studies on female athletes, um, that have found that, uh, all of that is BS and <laughs> actually women would do better or perform better at a healthy weight rather than getting down, you know, that even really have encouraged women. Yeah. Uh, that especially in endurance sports that, I mean, it makes sense. If you, <laughs> if you have some body fat, you have more energy stores, uh, to right. draw on when, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, a healthy weight is, is better. <laughs> <laughs> so shockingly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but the, but I think a lot of, a big part of this too, that that's happened, I think, especially in the United States is when you see someone who goes from like zero to, you know, doing a marathon or, or doing some sort of crazy endurance sport, uh, you know, you don't necessarily see the other side of what that person's going through and, and you don't, and I, and I personally think like doing an Ironman triathlon is very unhealthy just in so many ways. Um, and and it's become like this thing on people's bucket lists and, you know, and, and when you hear that someone's saying, Oh, I'm going to do this thing. And everyone says, Oh, you're such an inspiration. And, and, you know, maybe I should try that one day, but, but no one really thinks about like, you know, the fact that maybe it's not that healthy to be, working out 20 hours a week and spending all your money on this one thing. And you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Not not too long ago. I was actually thinking about, about I've, I've thought off and on about doing triathlon and it actually is, uh, the cost is one of the big things that has kept me from taking the plunge. Yeah. But 
Um, so I was thinking idly about doing an Iron Man the other day, and then I realized I don't actually want to do an Iron Man. I just want to cross the finish line and have someone yell, you are an Iron Man at me. <laughs> and that's probably you not just... a good enough reason. <laughs> you can just hop in at the very last that's mile right. of that marathon. Just throw a lot of water on your face to look, so you look like right. you're sweaty and yeah. cry you gotta be crying um yeah oh, stumble yeah. across and then just like lie on the ground and they'll believe you <laughs> <laughs> well that um and i you know and, and i know that there are some people that you know do iron man and they and they love it but there's right. definitely mm-hmm. a compulsion that is part of that in order to you know, do two or three workouts a day and then to give up your weekend, you know, you're doing like these six hour bike rides and then you're doing these long runs and it just, it's a grind. Um, but I will say there is nothing. And I guess it's like a drug. There is nothing like crossing that finish line of your first Ironman. I mean, there it really is like a totally unique experience. Um, so, but you have to enjoy swimming and biking and running. <laughs> if you don't like those things then don't do one. <laughs> yeah, that's it is terrible joy how did all of this bring bring you to okay first of all and then secondly this your bike um yeah well it's um yeah uh, so i grew up in oklahoma and so when my my husband and i were in this crazy long distance living in different countries relationship while he was finishing up his university degree And so when he finished his, we were in Germany for a while, and then we were in England, and we hadn't gotten married at that point. And living in two different countries or living in the same country when you're two different nationalities and you're not married is very difficult legally. And so we, we just, I mean, we knew we wanted to be together, but we just finally decided that it was time for us to get married and we decided to come see what would happen in the States. Um, and so we got married, Tim got his green card and we moved back to the States. And that was in 2008 when the big recession was hitting. (laughs) And, um, so the plan was we were going to, you know, kind of stay with my parents for a little bit until we found these amazing jobs somewhere else in the country and get out of Oklahoma. (laughs) And it didn't happen because of the recession. And, and so, um, I, I got a a job in, um, in Oklahoma and I was working at this, uh, and this, yeah, it was another strange thing where I was working at this like recreation center and it was near these, um, how, like it was in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma, near these houses that were like in the projects and we'd been working on this outreach where we were training kit like little kids um to ride bikes safely and then at the end of the week we would give them these bicycles and these helmets and yeah and it was cool and and then um someone told me about this event called oklahoma freewheel which is like this cross-state bicycle tour and so we tried to see if we could get those kids to come on that event and then you know I went on it as like you know quote unquote research (laughs) but I just thought it sounded cool (laughs) and this is when I was training for my first Ironman so I thought it would be good training and through that I got involved with the people that put on that event and um and then a couple years later they um the the person who was had been the director retired and so they called me to see if I was interested and the first thing that surprised me was that like you actually got paid money to, to do it. Um, and it wasn't much, but it just seemed like an interesting thing to do. And so I, I did that. And, um, and so I was working there for a couple years and I got involved with this organization called the Bicycle Tourism Network. And uh, it was through there that I heard about this position, um, not as executive director, but just as a, like an assistant director with, uh, with Mike Florida. And we were so tired of Oklahoma and my husband with his job can live anywhere he wants in the world. So he was just like, why are we in Oklahoma and <laughs> let's get out of here? So 
Yeah, we moved to Florida, which has its own sort of crazy, but we live in the Tampa Bay area and it's, it's great. We're just, we love it. And it's, uh, it's been really good. So tell, will you tell us a little bit more about yeah. Florida and what you do? Yeah. I, I think I don't understand the concept of okay. like tour. Yeah. So, um, our, so what we do is we, we, our, our tours last about a week and so we have, um, we have our, what's called our annual spring tour, which I just got through, thank goodness, uh, which is pretty much every March or at the beginning of April. And it is 600 plus people. And yeah, Holy and it's like a tent camping, um, in, in like a town. And we, we design and we put on bicycle routes in and out of that town. And then about midway through the week, everyone picks up and moves to another town. And then we do another three, four days of riding around there. So, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's basically, yeah. I mean, so we, we design the routes, we research them, we provide law enforcement and security and like people that drive support vehicles in case someone like breaks down. Um, we do all the, you know, the logistics with the campsites and, you know, bringing on caterers for food and food trucks and then the entertainment. So it's all that fun stuff. And that sounds like a great, <laughs> I didn't know if that kind of thing would exist. But that yeah, I'm laughing maniacally. Um, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> you're like, no, it's not stay away. There, there are away. great parts of it. Um, but the, this, the spring tour is, is a lot of work with very few staff. Yeah. And so it, it ends up taking up a lot of time. And then me being the person that I am, I end up, you know, lying awake at night with my mind racing about everything that could or would go wrong. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, thinking about Porta Johns and like whether or not we've ordered enough. And <laughs> you know, so it, it, you know, for, so in many ways, my personality makes me great at my job because I obsess about the details and about everything being perfect. Yeah. On the other hand, it can be really bad for my mental health and it can affect my relationships. So I have to try to keep, you know, a balance. Um, right. and, and the other thing is we put on uh, these these other tours that we started last few years and they're what we call um, small group tours. And they're a maximum of 20 people and they're all inclusive. And we, uh, so we, we stay in hotels, it's not camping and we eat out in restaurants and our, and our routes are a lot shorter every day. So instead of planning like 50 miles to a hundred miles for people, it's more like 20 and we have a daily happy hour and we make you know, we serve beer and wine and mixed drinks. That sounds like yes, a job. that is fun. Like we, that sounds yeah, fantastic. that is a great job. <laughs> and um, <laughs> this year, we're also launching in November a women's only ride because I've had a lot of women saying that they would like to do that, but just with other women. So I'm excited about that. But our primary demographic is like baby boomers, and they are an interesting group of people to deal with uh, that's as diplomatic <laughs> as I can make that and um and we're so we're trying really hard to branch out and um and so like week-long events are really hard for you know gen xers or millennials to to come and do so we're we're going to be starting some weekend events and some off-road stuff and so that will be yeah because we're we're you know our people are dying out and if we don't do something or do something different then um you know then we won't have any customers yeah i was just thinking a, a week is a lot yeah to commit yeah to that. yes and I'm 37. Yes. And it's also just um, people don't want to ride like massive miles, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. I <laughs> just want the happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. The all-inclusive part sounded great. And we, and we do have people come that like on the small group tours and they'll maybe ride like five or 10 miles a day. And then they'll be like, yeah, I just want, I just want to go to the hotel. And that's, I mean, that's part of like what they're paying for is we'll just pick them up and take them to the hotel. And then they just relax for the rest of the day. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, it, this is an oversharing. Okay. 
Uh, there's a website called Literatica. I don't know if anyone's no. familiar with that. It's amateur erotic oh, literature. Cool. So people can submit can submit their own stuff. It's like fan fiction, but not fan fiction. And the one that I was literally reading last week is about a bike tour through um, oh, yeah. or something. Where, and then this dude sleeps with everybody. But <laughs> I don't know if that happens or you provide protection for that kind of stuff. But uh, that's my only contact with bike tours as you were describing. And I was like, I just read a thing. Oh, right. That's what I read. No. Well, well, one of the, that's really funny. Um, I'll send well, it to yeah, you. Yeah, you should. One of the, the interesting things about, and it's actually an interesting point that you brought up is, you know, especially in context of this whole, you know, hashtag me too stuff that's going on is baby boomer men um, are, you know, are very interesting to deal with, especially, you know, me being like, I'm blonde and I'm younger than them and, and trying to instill uh, just some respect and, and just instill like to try to be a good, like provide good customer service, but also communicate that um, it's not appropriate to talk to me in the way that some of them like to talk to me. And there are women that will want to, you know, come on a bicycle tour by themselves. And there are men that make assumptions about those women because they are there on their own, married or not. And I, I used to go on bicycle tours. I've been on others in other states and, and I would go by myself just for like professional development stuff. And because I was friends with the directors and, and it was crazy. It's like there, you know, there's a, a young female on her own. This means that it's fair game. And it, it becomes so uncomfortable and annoying that you just don't want to, you don't go on those rides anymore. And um, I have actually kicked off, I've kicked off participants who I get, enough complaints from women about um but there still is like when that happens there's like they just like don't understand like why i'm making them leave like they just it doesn't even yeah like well they're just like i'm just trying to be friendly and helpful like they don't understand or they pretend like they don't understand that what they're doing makes people really uncomfortable but um i know of a lot of women that will not go on bicycle tours on their own because of you know because of that fear that that will happen wow what a what a strange part of your job that and I and I used to um I'm a I'm someone that li- I like to make people happy so I, I find confrontation sometimes really difficult but this last year especially I have really tried to be better about calling people out you know on when they're being rude and that's been very hard but um but i have been and so you know but it and it's always very interesting how you know how they react like either it's either it's like they totally back off and they're like oh i was just joking i didn't mean it that way or they or they just double down and they get like even more aggressive and offended and you know say rude things um so and those and those interactions are always with witnesses so it's not like it's um yeah it's not like it's on my own but it's it's just been yeah it's been an interesting thing the last couple years um to to think about and to deal with well that definitely makes uh the request for a women's only (laughs) ride uh make even more sense yeah 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 and also, you know, we like we're thinking of, you know, bringing in like a massage therapist and doing just kind of fun, like, you know, uh, women only just kind of kind of silly sorts of things. But, yeah, I, I think that that is really like resonating a lot with people. And there's a lot of bike clubs now that have like women only rides and, um, you, you know, and, and when you when you ride a bicycle um, or and actually with running too there's a lot of like nastiness like physically that goes on especially as a female and so it's nice to be able to be like uh this thing is happening and i don't know what it is should i go see a doctor and you know and and um saddle sores and all sorts of those things or like what do you wear when you're on a bike ride and you're on your period and and those are the kinds of conversations it's really hard to have like with guys because also they don't know (laughs) <laughs> right. 
cool. I was just I was I was just thinking about like there needs to be some sort of adult Girl Scout. Oh my god! Because I was with your bike tour. I was thinking of a women's only bike tour uh-huh. camp, and then part of that experience are some sort of guides that will teach you about local wildlife and flora oh my and God. what you can eat, what you can't eat, and how to build a fire and how to like fish or whatever, like make a fishing lure one night. And then that is so it. much fun. That was <laughs> yeah. so fun. You can steal it. Okay. Thank you. And you can, and you can <laughs> come on it whenever we put it on, you can come out to Florida. Yeah. Well, Florida is great for that. Cause yeah. we have like, we have such great state parks and, um, you, you know, Florida's not all like weirdos and, and rednecks. We have lots of pretty stuff out here. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of the heat. It is. It gets hot. It, Wet. Gross it gets heat. hot in the summer. I, I actually love, I love the heat. I, I can never live in a cold place ever again. Um, but you just have to like get used to like sweating. Like if you're, if you're okay with that, then you know, but there's some people that just don't like to sweat, but it's, you know, you just wear tank tops and shorts all the time and just sweat a lot. And so as long as you're cool with that, it's, it's all good. <laughs> um, totally bike related, but totally different topic. Uh-huh. Um, do you have any safety tips for people who, I mean, this is kind of starting to be the time of year that people are are breaking out their bikes from the winter. Yeah. Maybe you haven't ridden in a long time. Yeah. Um, and not only safety, but like physical, get your body ready right. to ride for a long period of time. Yes. Safety. Well, I would just say like, there's this thing called ABC and it stands for air brakes and chain. And so when you're getting your bike out, you just want to make sure that, you know, your, your tires have air in them. Um, that they're not like, sometimes like, especially in cold places, your, your tires can get cracked, uh, mm-hmm. from, you know, just that cold weather and you may need to change them. Um, and then also you just need to make sure that your tubes are, you know, still working and then obviously brakes. Like you just, before you get on that bicycle, just squeeze the brakes and make sure that they're stopping the bike. <laughs> I would say that's the most important. Um, <laughs> And then also, I mean, there are different people that say different things. Uh, but if I would, you know, if you're going to be riding on the road with traffic, you should wear a helmet and like have, you know, maybe some flashing lights so that people can see you. Um, and, and, you know, just just kind of like those just try to be self-aware. Don't wear headphones when you ride, um, especially on the road. And then like in regards to like health safety, I make this mistake myself a lot of times, but you know, the main thing with like riding a bicycle is getting your butt used to a seat. And I think that that's what causes, you know, people a lot of problems in the beginning. And so just like, you know, maybe if you haven't been on the bicycle for a long time, just do something really short, you know, and then just increase little by little and, I mean, I think once you get up to like being able to ride for, I don't know, 30 miles, then you can, you can just go exponentially from there. But I think it's getting up to that 30 miles in the beginning that, you know, if you overdo it, you will pay for it. As someone who's had to go to the doctor for a, the worst saddle sore probably ever in existence. (laughs) When they're saying. When they say we're going to need more gauze and oh, and no. you must have a high paint tolerance, you know that you know that you're in a bad place. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was Is the saddle sore like a blister for your it's butt? It's a um it's basically like this huge abscess that comes up. Like people that ride, um, that like go horseback riding, they can get them too. And it's you know, it's basically you've, you've got like bacteria and sweat. And, and then also just like friction and all of those things kind of combining together. And so it's this bit, yeah. And, and usually like if you get one and every, every cyclist gets one, everyone, but usually they will go away if you just give it a break. Um, but if you either don't know what, and I, that was like, my mistake was 
I'd never really had one before. I had no idea what it was. I just thought my butt was kind of sore. And I thought, oh, it's really sore in this one spot. <laughs> and uh, then I realized, no, that that's not normal. And yeah, so, so I think just if you're just trying to get yourself, you know, ready to go, you just need to, you need to break, you need to break that butt in a little bit before you try to do, you know, really long miles and, and also just be like comfortable on your bicycle. Cause I think, um, and, and I think that if you want to ride a bicycle ser- like for fitness and you want to ride outside, I think you should, you know, you should go to your local bicycle shop and have them just look at your bicycle and look at your setup and just make sure that it like fits you right. Um, because if it doesn't fit you right, I mean, not only will physically that, you know, hurt you, especially like your back or your neck, but you won't be comfortable. So like if something happens and you have to react quickly, you can't do that because you're just, you know, cause you, it's like too big for you and you, and you don't know what to do. So, um, and, and it, you know, it doesn't take a long thing to do. Just, just go to the bike shop and just have them look at it. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely my experience with bike shops is that they, they are they were, they're scary. <laughs> we kind of talked about this. Oh no, I was going to say like they're pe- the people who work there are excited about bikes. Oh yes, so they are happy to help you and talk to you about your bike. Yes. Um, and you know, I mean, you might you might be in danger of some ma- mansplaining. But, <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> but, but yeah. for the most part, I I think what I was starting to say is we kind of talked about this in other areas is that uh, of uh being a newbie in whatever uh-huh. a sport that you're doing and how that can be intimidating. But the truth is you're giving somebody the opportunity to share something that they're excited about. Yes. So, you know, you're usually not annoying someone. You're making them happy. <laughs> <laughs> giving them something to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah and, and you're, you're absolutely right. And I think like, especially a lot of women are very intimidated going into a bike shop, but most of those guys are just like, you know, kind of nerds. I mean, in the, in the, like the, the nicest of ways, they're like cool nerds, but you're right. They, they would love to talk to someone about bicycles all day long. (laughs) Joy, is there anything else that you want us to know about? Any, um, I'm just trying to think. I, you know, I just wanted to say thanks. I, I just think it's awesome, like what you guys are doing. I've I've listened to your um, to your podcast, and I just think it's really cool. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, is there some place <laughs> online people can go if they're interested in uh, trying to sign up for? One oh of my the, goodness! One of your yeah, look at me. Not even. Yeah, how do I, about how do I that. get support? It's to do it's this. um. It's bikeflorida.org. So it's B-I-K-E-F-L-O-R-I-D-A dot O-R-G. And, awesome. and you can, and like people can just also email me at joy at bikeflorida.org. Um, we're on Facebook. You can just Google Bike Florida. And um, yeah, and I mean, if anyone has ideas or like wants to come and do like a bike ride in Florida and we don't have it available, we are always open for ideas and we have a small staff. So we might be like, hey, why don't you design this and we'll just <laughs> provide things for you. <laughs> but we, we, like I said, we really want to branch out on what we do and what we offer. And we want to bring in like, you know, um, want to bring in a, a different demographic. And so if anyone wants to come and ride with us and, and Florida is easy, it's flat. So you don't have to yeah. like be good. That's nice. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Have fun. Yay, Joy! That's that sounds like a sweet job, except for the biking part. But um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, planning group outings with interesting things to do with a bunch of people who are like-minded or enjoy similar activities and, and, you know, maybe just like forming bonds or learning something together or, you know, wine tasting or whatever the hell you're going to do. That just sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, cause I'm friends with her on Facebook. I know the, the period, well, the, that big tour she was talking about, um, that they do in the, yeah. in the spring, 
uh, was going on. It was pretty stressful for her, but um, yeah, it does seem like she she has an awesome job, um, and that's cool that she's found a way to to take what she loves and make it into a job. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, should we zoom on ahead to the challenge zone? Challenge zone. Challenge zone. Challenge zone. So my outdoor activity um, this last week was actually to ride my bike. (laughs) Fantastic. You love Um, riding your bike. So that's an exciting activity for you. Although I had a a little bit of a misadventure with it. Oh dear. Oh dear. Tell us all about it. (laughs) So this is the first time that I was riding my bike outdoors again um, since I had had it on my trainer, which I've talked about the trainer before, but basically it's a thing that takes your regular road bike and um, makes it so that you can um, ride it like a stationary bike inside. Yeah. So (laughs) I I wanted to ride on a trail um, near my house uh, so that, well, not driving distance from my house um, so that I didn't have to worry about traffic and all of that stuff. So I put my car on the bike rack and drove it over there um, and got on my bike and didn't pay any attention at all to what gear I had left it in the last time I'd ridden it on the trainer. Oh, dear. And it turned out that I had left it on, like, the the hardest possible gear. Um, so what that meant was that I got on my bike, tried to push the pedals, they wouldn't move because I was trying to go from, I mean, it was right. basically like trying to start your car in fifth gear. <laughs> and because I wasn't moving, but I had my feet on the pedals, my bike fell over. <laughs> oh no, because you do clipping. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Took and, me a second. And it was also because I hadn't, um, I hadn't, it'd been a little bit since I had also uh, actually used it on the trainer too. So the pedals were, or the clips were a little stiff. So I had trouble, I could tell I was starting to fall. And then I had trouble getting my, my shoe out of the clip. And so I didn't get my foot down in time. So I just fell over. Oh no, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I got a little bit of road rash, but not too bad because I mean, the problem was I was not moving. So (laughs) I wasn't moving. It wasn't (laughs) like, you know, I was going, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour and fell over. (laughs) So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, and then, uh, so I was in the parking lot, so an, an older gentleman was finishing his bike ride and saw me and came over and, and helped me up and told me how he had just recently fallen off of his bike. <laughs> <laughs> Solidarity. Um, I like so it. I, then I got on my, like, shifted the gears down, got back on my bike, rode like maybe 10 feet and realized that the other thing I had forgotten to do, which if I had talked to Joy before I'd gone on this, uh, this, uh, bike trip, I would have, uh, known to do the ABCs, mm. but I did not, I failed to check the air in my tires and, or put any air in it. So I rode the 10 feet and realized that my front tire was completely flat. Oh dear. <laughs> So it just needed air in it, but I didn't have a pump with me or anything. Yeah. So at that point, I uh, it was getting close to the time that my Weight Watchers meeting happens anyway. So I put my bike back on my car and drove back to the house and put air in the tires and then went to the Weight Watchers meeting. And then, um, and then after the meeting, I went back to the trail and rode for about an hour. Oh, so. bravo for doing it afterward. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see how some people would have gotten con- discouraged or yeah. on a different day. I might have gotten discouraged and said, screw it, it's not meant to happen. But I kind of was like, no, I'm going <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I'm determined. Yeah, so, um, it, yeah, it was a pretty good ride. Um, I also, it is, even though I had, I, I have ridden over the winter, um, on the trainer, it's still, when it comes to your butt in the saddle, it's a different thing being on the road with all of the 
bumps and stuff. Mm. So um, I wasn't too sore the next day, but by the end of the ride, I was definitely ready to get off of my saddle. My butt was not very happy. I I tried to look up saddle sores online because I wanted to see what such things look like. uh And first of all, almost all of the results were articles. Even when I searched for images, there were articles for women, women riders. So there's the, Mm -hmm. I don't know if men don't get saddle sores as much as women do or. I mean, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard guys talking about getting saddle sores. Okay. So, or if I mean, my search results happen. were just tailored to me. <laughs> it was weird. Okay. Challenge zone. What, what did you do, Birdie? I've done a, a couple things. It suddenly got really nice in Minnesota. So everything I've been doing, I've been trying to do it outside anyway. Um, But I hung... I, okay, so I got a hammock for Christmas from my dad and mm-hmm. it's one of those uh, like ripstop nylon ones that are for camping or for um, tying to trees. I don't have trees in my yard, so I didn't have a way to use it without leaving, you know, and going on campus or going to a park or something, urban, urban living. Um, but I bought on Craigslist a hammock stand. Oh, okay. Uh, and I originally had purchased one on Amazon and then a day later thought better of it and said, no, I will find this used. I don't need to buy a new thing. Um, and so I saved myself about 50 bucks and bought one on Craigslist and had to jerry-rig up a couple things because it's not really designed for this particular type of hammock. Mm-hmm. But I've been luxuriating outside in my hammock for the I last day and a half. Awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited to have it this summer because it gets, I don't have air conditioning and it gets really hot in my house oh. and my room's on the second floor and uh, there's only so much that fans and windows can do and I hate air conditioning. So yeah. I'm going to maybe sleep out there one night or several nights. We'll see. That sounds nice. Yeah. It's going to be really nice. Um, I also yeah. went and got beers outside. So patios. <laughs> Porch sitting is a lot in my future, but I haven't I haven't drank anything in the last few days because of the aforementioned hangover. <laughs> Given my liver a vacation. Well, on that note, should we wrap it up with the thing I love? Yeah, the thing I love. The thing I love. Love. I love fruits It's my sweet pleasure I love fruits. Sarah, what do you love? I discovered something kind of cool this week which is, um, first of all there's a, a women's pro soccer league that is um, starting trying to get started Okay, <laughs> um, in Cincinnati or somewhere else? Or just, uh, like, life? There, there isn't a team in Cincinnati. There's not a whole lot of teams yet. The closest team to me is Chicago. Um, there's one in Seattle. Um, well, in any case, <laughs> the thing that I love is I discovered um, that you can... Um, life, Lifetime uh, shows the games. Um, and you, um, you can actually, like, if you... Um, get their on-demand or um, their app, you can go and they have profiles of several of the players and um, the they have games of the week on there that you can you can watch. That's so there's, cool. There's a, I think this is the fourth week of the season, so there's four games on there right now that you can you can watch. Um, and I mean if you have lifetime, it's it's free or included with your lifetime. So that's awesome. Check it out. Yeah. I'm always surprised that soccer is so popular here in the States. Cause it just feels like a very British or worldly thing that Americans don't care about. But the people I know who love soccer 
love soccer. They just love it. So I'm glad that the women are getting a chance to, to play professionally. Um, I don't know. To me, uh, is soccer is just, I don't know. I, at least on the West Coast where I grew up, like soccer was like the thing that everybody, that was, it was like either t-ball or soccer mm. were the sports that everybody played as kids. And then I, I mean, I have like one of my, my good friends, um, like she played soccer up through college. Um, so I don't know. I, I know quite a few people that are really have always played or, or been a fan of soccer. Um, and actually, um, there is a team in since a minor league, a men's soccer team in Cincinnati that is super, super popular. Um, and right now, the city is in the process of trying to get a stadium built uh, so that we can have a pro soccer oh. team here. So I think that's probably my grew up in the middle of nowhere talking. So we barely had any sport other than baseball and football. So um, soccer was not a thing that anybody I knew played except for my cousins who lived in Madison, which was like the big city. And I thought they were super weird for playing soccer. Um, so maybe that's what that's about. I'm not sure. Hm. Well, cool. That's yeah. fun, though. Uh, so if, if you're curious, there's um, teams in Chicago, Houston, North Carolina, Orlando, Portland, Seattle, um, Utah, Utah. Um, D.C., and then a team that is called the Sky Blue, which I don't know where that one is located. <laughs> Somewhere in the sky. <laughs> awesome. What, what about you, Birdie? What thing are you loving? I love crop tops. <laughs> um, I am embracing the crop top for the summer. Like my winter of shorts. This is my summer of crop tops. Um, they are wonderful for still being covered in my chest area, but having a nice breeze flow through my midsection, especially while running when I am very warm. Um, and I only own like two or three of them. So I'm going to start cutting off my tank tops. I, I can't yet wear the type of crop top or don't want to wear, I suppose I can do whatever I want, but, um, that you buy at the store, like a fashion crop top. It's more of a sport option Mm -hmm. for me at this point. But they're just so comfortable, and I love them. And it makes me feel like a badass. (laughs) Just like the shorts. Like, I wore those shorts um, to the party uh, that I got drunk at, and, and a crop top, and I just felt, like, free, freedom, because I did not care that I was in shorts and a crop top. And awesome. that was really empowered. Like, I just feel empowered in a crop top. Right. Like, my stomach is not flat. It is not. I don't have abs. I don't have, you know, it's not toned. But fuck that. I don't care. Well, the truth is that they don't tell you is that very, very few women have, first of all, a flat stomach. And then in order for... Uh, since women to have a six pack, you basically have to be underweight. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, the, definitely don't feel like if you are uh, a woman without a six pack that you're not in shape because that's some bull honky. <laughs> right. Um, have you seen the movie, uh, I feel pretty. It's the new Amy Schumer movie. I I know what movie you're talking about. I, I haven't seen it. I went this weekend, and I have some problems with some of the plot, just in regard to she hits her head, and then she believes that everybody else sees her as a different person, but she remembers who she was before. And so, like, there's there's some plot holes there that, like, magic isn't real. Why does she think that magically everybody else sees her in a different way? Um, and that just perspectively but she like believes that people see her as this model beautiful model person anyway whatever <clears throat> when she feel when she thinks that she looks a certain way so you know tall and 
beautiful long hair and fit and toned and, you know, model pretty, her behavior changes pretty dramatically in just carrying herself with a lot of confidence and like a don't give a fuck attitude and ends up doing a lot of things that she believes that only pretty people can do, but it's Mm -hmm. not because she's pretty. She is pretty. Obviously she's Amy Schumer. She's gorgeous, but, um, not because she's different, but because she's confident and right. and capable and smart and funny, as she has always been. She's just sharing that with the world. And so that's what I, as I was watching it, I was like, that's how I feel when I wear shorts and when I wear a crop top. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah. Um, but it was a really good movie. I recommend it um, if you can overlook the somewhat glaring uh, holes in the plot. It was good though. Well. Yeah. Um, so friends, that that's the end of it. Uh, if you like our podcast, please uh, let us know and let us know what you love. And if you're doing outdoor fun things, uh, make sure that you either email us at um, I did a thing pod at gmail.com. You find us on Facebook at I did a thing podcast on Twitter or Instagram at I did a thing pod. Or if you just want to check out the podcast on the internet instead of a application download uh, site, I did a thing pod.com. And if you enjoyed, go on that iTunes and rate and review and subscribe. Uh, go do a thing. Go do a thing. Go do a thing.